What's going on, everyone? Matt Savoka here from Awesomeo.com, bringing you the Week 15 FanDuel Main Slate Top Plays from every single position. This has been a wild week in the NFL, no doubt about it. There have been injuries, there has been 100-plus players placed on the COVID-19 list, and we've had postponements of games for the first time this season. As of this recording, this is Friday afternoon at around 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so we have seen the Washington and Philadelphia Philadelphia game, as well as the Seattle and Los Angeles Rams game, moved from Sunday's main slate to Tuesday night at this point. So we could have more postponements. We definitely are going to have more injury clarity in the hours and the days leading up to kickoff. So make sure you stick to awesomeo.com and the Awesomeo DFS YouTube channel. We are going to have hours of coverage leading you right up to kickoff. And while you're at it, guys, go ahead and like this video. Subscribe to the channel so that you always know when we're going live. You guys know what to do. And if you could give me, Matt Saboka, a follow on Twitter, at Draftaholic, that would be much appreciated. We'd also like to thank our presenting sponsor, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is offering player props contests for all major sports, NBA, MLB, NFL, of course, and all other major sports. You name it, they got it. And if you use promo code AWESOMO, you can get a $25 first match deposit bonus, up to a $25 first match deposit bonus. Go ahead to noahouseadvantage.com or download in the App Store or Google Play and get started today. All right, let's dig into this one. On the screen, you'll see my top 10 defenses. We don't go through the analysis on these. We just dig into the top 10. There's a bit of ambivalence when it comes to what defense you choose. It's really choose what fits here. We've got 10 defenses between with between a 4% and an 11% chance of being in the optimal lineup this week. The Bengals, 49ers, and Packers are all teams with a 4% plus chance of being in the optimal lineup. Then we've got the Bills, Cardinals, and Steelers with a 6% chance of being in the optimal lineup. Then the Broncos and Cowboys sit there at a 7% chance of being in the optimal lineup. Then we have a clear top two. The Jaguars at home, favorites against the Texans, they're in the optimal lineup 9% of the time. And then there's only one defense that's in the optimal lineup more than 10% of the time. That's the Miami Dolphins. Get used to seeing players from this team. Number five, it's Dalton Schultz, and this is really the product of the offense he plays in, his solid salary, but his target share has been down as of late, just a 12% target share in the Dallas Cowboys offense since week 10 here for Dalton Schultz, and that's going to happen when you've got Michael Gallup on the field, when you've got CeeDee Lamb on the field, and you've got Amari Cooper on the field. They have a ton of weapons in Dallas, that's why they're the number two deep, excuse me, offense via PFFs offensive grades and they're playing the number 26 defense via pff's defensive grade so this looks like a smash spot for this entire dallas team schultz's 5600 salary that's really solid but his median projection just 8.4 that's not going to win you any big tournaments you really need him getting over 20 25 fantasy points and we don't see that in a ton of the simulations he gets there with multiple touchdowns he's only over 25 fantasy points in one percent of our sims still he's the in the optimal lineup six percent of the time number four it's kyle pitts and kyle pitts has had an up and down rookie season but when you contextualize it for his age and the fact that he's playing tight end a position that usually takes multiple years to mature into pitts has had an excellent rookie season he had double digit fantasy points last week 
And still, people are very, very disappointed in the way that Pitts has performed based on the fact that he has led the team in target share and in air yard share for the majority of this season. Still, the ceiling is there for Pitts. He's over 25 fantasy points in nearly 3% of the simulations, even in a down matchup against the San Francisco defense. San Francisco's defense is 10th via PFF grades, but they've been beat up by injuries on defense. They did pretty well against Cincinnati last week, ultimately victorious there. I expect them to be, be victorious here, but Pitts in a come from behind effort could get enough targets to be worthwhile at 5,800 and at a 9.2 median projection in fantasy points. I'm not surprised to see him in the optimal lineup 9% of the time. Number three for the tight ends, it's Zach Ertz. 5,300 salary for a player who has a roughly 10 point median projection. That's great right off the bat. But when you consider the fact that the Arizona passing game really needs to figure out its new identity with DeAndre Hopkins expected to be sidelined for the rest of the regular season, we got to expect Zach Ertz, their acquisition, their midseason acquisition to step up here. Ertz has already had the most targets on this team since week 10, even more so than AJ Green. And he's getting solid air yards. For instance, Green has 23 targets and 292 air yards since week 10. Ertz is right there, 24 targets and 166 air yards. So considering the fact that he's a tight end, that's really, really solid. So the Cardinals are the 13th best offense according to PFF grades. Detroit is flirting with that worst graded defense with the New York Jets in PFF's defensive grades. This is a great matchup. Ertz is getting over 25 fantasy points in 9.4% of our simulations. He is the first tight end to come in at over double digit chances of being in the optimal lineup. A 13% chance of being that optimal tight end this week. Number two, it's Mike Gusecki. And this is really all about the matchup because you know there's some volatility in Gusecki's opportunity. It was great to see him get 11 targets, including two in the red zone last week. But just the week before, he had had just three targets. I, I would say it's two weeks ago he had that since they had a buy in week 14 you know what i mean so we've seen him get zero fantasy points in a game in the second half of this this season so he's not one of these stud tight ends where the target floor is super super high not surprisingly he's under 10 fantasy points in 46 percent of our simulations this is still a mediocre offense missing its best player in jalen waddle but that ceiling is there in 6.2% of our simulations. He's getting over 25 fantasy points. And for a player with just a 6,200 salary to get an 11 point median projection, that is excellent, excellent. He is our top value play at the tight end position. And at number one, I said Mike Gusecki was the best value play because George Kittle is the best play at the tight end position. He has been breaking slates as of late. 13 catches on 15 targets, a season high for him last week. 151 receiving yards. That's after 181 receiving yards in week 13 against Seattle. He's also had 50% of his receiving yards come after the catch. He is just one of a kind once he gets the ball in his hands. His ability to break tackles is just unprecedented. His median projection is over 13 fantasy points. He and the 49ers are eight point favorites. They're now up to a top five PFF offensive grade and they're playing a 27th ranked 
defensive graded Atlanta Falcons team. Kittle is getting over 25 fantasy points in a solid 17.6% of our simulations and a fifth of the time, 21.4% of the time, he is the optimal tight end this week. Moving on to the wide receiver position, number five, Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs could easily break the slate here. And over a fifth of our simulations, he's over 25 fantasy points. And while there are floor games mixed in there, about three out of 10 simulations show him getting under 10 fantasy points, you know that a seven catch, 13 target game like he had last week could be 174 yards for Diggs instead of the 74 he had. He gets 150 air yards like it's nothing. He's had over, oh, excuse me, 599 air yards since week 10. That is one of the top wide receiver numbers in the NFL. This is the number 16 offense versus the number 18 defense, but we know the ceiling for the Buffalo Bills is much higher than average, much higher than that 16th ranked grade right now via PFF. A 14-point median projection. Yes, that 7,800 salary is high, and it does look like there are more solid pay-up options than Diggs, but if you told me at the end of the main slate that Diggs was the one that broke it, I would not be surprised. Carolina has struggled against wide receivers all year, and Diggs could be another one that torches them this Sunday. Number four, it's DJ Moore in that same game on the other side of the ball. DJ Moore has had a ton of fluctuations at the quarterback position. He doesn't know who's throwing to him week after week. He doesn't know if his quarterback's going to get benched mid-game like we saw last week. But still, every single quarterback is finding a way to target DJ Moore. He's had 10 targets in back-to-back -back weeks. He's had seven targets in every single game this season. A median projection of 13.0 fantasy points at a 6,600 salary. He is that perfect mid-tier option that you wouldn't necessarily consider on a site like DraftKings, but on FanDuel, you can absolutely get to this tier here. I really, really like this play on this platform specifically. If you broke the slate, it wouldn't be surprising either but the Carolina Panthers offense it's struggled because of the quarterback changes here so I'm not surprised to see him getting under 10 fantasy points over 30% of the time he gets into the optimal lineup 15% of the time though that's number four on the wide receiver list number three Devontae Parker again that prime matchup against the Jets Missing Jalen Waddle, so Devontae Parker is the de facto number one receiver for Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins. Five targets last week, caught all five for 62 yards in his last game. That was week eight. Uh, he had 11 targets, catching eight for 85 yards. We know that the solid ceiling is there. We know that Devontae Parker legendarily disappears from games as well. So I'm not surprised to see that in nearly 40% of our simulations, he's under 10 fantasy points but we're going to need options at under 6K in salary on FanDuel. And at 5,800 to get a 12.4 median projection, that's where Parker shines. He's an excellent value play and he has some ceiling here. In over 10% of our simulations, he's getting 25 fantasy points. That's why he's got a 16% chance of being in this week's optimal lineup. Number two, Debo Samuel, positionless, a la Cordero Patterson, although he has the wide receiver position label. And at 8,200, he is one of the players most affected by that Los Angeles and Seattle game moving to Tuesday because if we were getting to Cooper Cup or players like him, we're probably not able to get to players like Debo Samuel. Now Debo Samuel is absolutely at an attainable salary, 8,200 and a 15.9 median fantasy point projection, a quarter 
of the time, he's getting over 25 fantasy points. In fact, that's outpacing the number of times he scores under 10 fantasy points. And it's like a riddle, at least for most wide receivers. He had one target last week, double digit fantasy points. Four targets the week before that, over 20 fantasy points. Two targets the week before that, over 15 fantasy points. That's ridiculous. They just want to get him the ball, and he's one of the most elusive players in the league with the ball in his hands. Debo Samuel is an excellent play as an eight-point favorite, the number four ranked offense versus the 27th ranked defense. He is my second best play, but not quite number one. Number one, yeah, Debo doesn't quite beat Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has an unprecedented floor and ceiling projection here. And the Baltimore Ravens have traditionally been a very, very strong secondary, but the injuries have really caught up with them this season. Multiple starting quarterbacks down for the season. They do still have quality cornerback play in players like Anthony Averett, but they are 26th. That's easier for opposing offenses in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers and now they're playing one of the best in the league who just had a 13 target game where he <laughs> caught 10 of them including two in the end zone the ceiling is so great here 35 percent of the time he's over 25 fantasy points he's in the optimal lineup nearly a quarter of the time on FanDuel especially I think you actually can get to two of these premier wide receivers so why not play Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel this week? For the running back position, number five, Saquon Barkley. This is all about projected touches, even though he doesn't have a great salary. 7,300 is a little bit steep based on the efficiency he's had this season, but he's still gonna get like 20 looks, maybe 25 looks here. That's why he has over 25 fantasy points in nearly a third of the simulations. There's still another third of those simulations, 31%, I should say, where he gets under 10 fantasy points. In terms of evaded tackles, he's good, not great this season. In terms of breakaway runs, he's good, not great. In terms of yards per touch, he's good, not great. We're used, we're used to seeing Barkley at the very top of the league in these efficiency metrics, not so this year. Still, when you're looking at 20 touches, it's gonna it's gonna be viable sometimes, especially when you simulate the games over and over like we do here. Barkley is not my favorite play, but he's still getting into the optimal lineups a respectable 15% of the time. Number four, Najee Harris. And Najee Harris technically has a ceiling here. He's in getting 25 fantasy points or more in 23% of simulations, but do you really think the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is able to do what they did in the second half of Thursday Night Football last week against Minnesota for a full game. I'm very, very skeptical. If they are, then there is eventually going to be running back production that heads over to Najee Harris, but we really just haven't seen that this year, especially with the fact that they have a below average offensive line. In fact, via PFS offensive grades, they're 28th in the NFL and Tennessee they've actually improved they're ninth in overall defensive grade second best in the nfl in pff's pass coverage grade still harris is that one pay up option at running back i might consider this week a 16 point median projection is very solid he's in the optimal lineup a respectable 15 percent of the time still i think i'm leaning on spending most of my salary on wide receiver for this slate
At number three, it's James Conner, and James Conner is definitely in jeopardy of missing this one. By the time you see this video, you might already know that Conner is ruled out. There's a lot of scenarios with the Arizona backfield to pay attention to leading up to Sunday's kickoff. They could activate Chase Edmonds from IR, and if Conner is out and Edmonds is in, then Edmonds becomes a solid free square running back. But there's also a chance that Edmonds isn't activated in time for Sunday's game, and Connor is out, making Eno Benjamin a free square running back. But if Connor is in, he is a very, very solid option in our projections. He looks way, way better in projections compared to salary-based expectations. That 8,000 salary, that's a little tough to get to, but this is a fantastic matchup against Detroit's one of the league's worst defense, 31st in PFF's team defensive grades, and Arizona their ceiling is better than that 13th best PFF offensive grade as well. He is a, 20, a third of a chance of getting 25 fantasy points or more. And in less than 30% of simulations, he is under 10 fantasy points. Again, I'm a little concerned he's going to miss this game. But if he doesn't, he is a rock solid option for the Arizona Cardinals. At number two, oh, don't make me do this again. They say, trust the process, trust the process, but I don't want to be burned by Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, he looks great in our simulations. What can I say? Ten and a half point favorites in a pretty solid total game, at least for this week. 45, usually not so good. This week, that's a pretty high total. The Dallas Cowboys offense is number two in the NFL via PFF's offensive grades, and the New York Giants is one of the, are one of the worst defenses via PFF's defensive grades. So I'm not surprised to see that medium projection starting to creep up for a player like Elliott, who has shown no signs of being an efficient rusher, but should get the volume here in a plus matchup. In 23.5% of our simulations, he does get to 25 fantasy points. The way he really does that, though, is by falling in the end zone multiple times. I don't love to bet on players like that, but I am going to trust the process, trust the math here, and play a decent amount of Elliott, that 6,700 salary in this matchup is good enough to get to. At number one, and it's not particularly close at the running back position, James Robinson. The 2-11 Jaguars fired their coach, Urban Meyer. They have an interim head coach. And now they are saying that James Robinson is their clear number one back. Well, guess what? They are home favorites against the Houston Texans, also 2-11, starting a backup quarterback. James Robinson may miss this game. He's coming into this weekend questionable, so obviously keep your eyes peeled on the news for that. But if he plays, once again, this is a great option for, for all DFS players. He is a solid, solid cash game play. In fact, I think you have to play him in cash games. But even in tournaments, I'm not sure I'm fading him, even though he's a part of the 30th best offense, playing the 30th worst, the 30th best, the second, the third worst defense here. The Houston Texans are not a good defense. We'll put it at that. 17.6 median projection is way, way higher than we expect for a 6,300 salary running back. So just from that perspective, we see Robinson as a value. He's over 25 fantasy points a fifth of the time, and he's in the optimal lineup a 36% of the time. That is nearly 25. In fact, it is 25% more than the next closest player. A really impressive score. Again, if he plays, Robinson looks like a lock in lineups this week.
And finally, the quarterback position, starting at number five here, Dak Prescott. A great, great matchup here against the New York Giants. Terrible defense, 26th in PFS team defensive grades, and the Cowboys are second best in the NFL in offensive team grades. In 43% of our simulations, Dak Prescott is scoring more than 25 fantasy points. So when you compare that to his middling median projection of 19.3, suddenly you realize how he's getting in the optimal lineup. There is a little bit of a flat distribution here with quarterbacks, especially from five through 10. Prescott is in the optimal lineup just 6% of the time compared that to Aaron Rodgers in sixth place, who's in the optimal lineup 4% of the time. Still, the matchup is too good to ignore. So if you can get up to a player like Prescott, I advise doing it. You know that another 375-yard passing game like he had on Thanksgiving night against the Raiders is in his range of outcomes here against this bad Giants defense. Number four, another player that I'm almost reluctant to even talk about because I do think he's in serious doubt of missing this week. I certainly hope I'm wrong. Again, recording this around 4 p.m. on Friday afternoon. So make sure you keep your eyes on the news for the Baltimore Ravens. It could be another week of Tyler Huntley starting. And that's why you're seeing this total for Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens at 43 and a half. If both teams had healthy quarterbacks, I think you'd see that total north of 47, 48. But I completely get it here, especially since the Green Bay Packers defense has really, really improved particularly in the secondary, they are now the fourth best defense in the league via PFS team defensive grades. And Baltimore, while still a middling offense in terms of team ranking, you know that they can get the job done on the ground against bad defenses. Jackson, if he does play, he's over 25 fantasy points, basically a coin flip chance 49% of the time. He's in the optimal lineup, even at his high salary, 6% of the time. I unfortunately think you're not going to get a chance to play him this weekend because he looks like he is in, he's probably going to miss with that ankle injury. At number three, Tua Tagovailoa. Tua, Tua makes so much sense as a middle value option. His salary is a little bit increased, but that's because he's playing the New York Jets. I just think it's worth it. I know that they're missing Jalen Waddell. I know that this team is ranked 25th in the NFL in offensive grades, but the Jets are a different kind of bad. They're 31st in PFF's defensive grades, but they are dead last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed by a wide, wide margin. It's a coin flip chance for Tua to have over 25 fantasy points, I'm really excited to see what he can do, even without Waddle. I think with Parker and Gusecki and now Miles Gaskin activated from the COVID-19 list, I think they'll have enough firepower to control this game from start to finish, and Tua could easily have 250-plus yards passing in this one. Number two, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a great pay-up option if you're able to get all the way up there. It is kind of a tough week to do so, at least at the time of this recording. Maybe we have some free square options available for you by the time you're watching or listening to this one, but Kyler Murray can get this get to a ceiling score in so many different ways here. He could pass for 350 plus yards like he did last week. He could run for 100 plus yards. He's run for over 55 yards in two straight games. So clearly that ankle feeling pretty darn good. In 60% of our simulations, he is scoring over 25 fantasy points and 
in just 7.3% of our sims, he's under 10 fantasy points. He has an unprecedented floor and ceiling when you compare his scores to the rest of the, the quarterback position and the rest of all players on this slate. A median projection of 23.1 fantasy points. Such a clear advantage here against a Detroit team that is one of the worst defenses in the league and as an offense that can sometimes keep pace, which might mean that Kyler keeps his foot on the gas pedal longer in this, in this one. He jumps up, he has a 16% chance of being in the optimal lineup. That's way ahead of Tua Tagovailoa, who's just at a 9%. Kyler, however, doesn't make number one. Yep, that's right, Kyler doesn't quite make it to number one because Josh Allen is the preferred payup option here at 8,700 facing the Carolina Panthers, a team that is below average in most defensive statistical measures and 18th in PFS team defensive grade. Allen has a chance to thrive here, even without Emmanuel Sanders expected to play in this one. Allen could pass for a huge amount here. We're talking 300, 350 yards against a middling Carolina secondary. His median projection is nearly 24 fantasy points. So it's not surprising to see him score over 25 fantasy points in nearly two thirds of our simulation simulations, excuse me. Allen just offers so much. I know his, his ceiling and floor might be diminished a little bit because of concerns about the leg, but I don't think he's gonna miss any time here and i do still think you'll see him scrambling and rushing similar to how we usually do he is just ahead of kyler murray in 16.2 percent of our optimal lineups coming in at number one and that's gonna do it for our week 15 fan duel main slate top plays for all positions here a wild slate yeah make sure you guys are sticking to this channel sticking to awesomeo.com so you, that you get all the latest breaking news make sure to like this video subscribe to the channel so that you always know when we're going live and if you're looking for the DraftKings version of this video it's around here somewhere on the channel we will be back on sunday with the sunday night football top plays until then i'm matt saboka from awesomeo.com we will talk to you guys next time.